0: Welcome back to Wednesday's Relax and Listen, where Josh is about to speak some recent gaming news. A different start, a new way to discuss. My play experience for the past few weeks has been Persona 5 Royale, the definitive version compared to the one released back in 2017, I believe. My first ever playing a Persona game, which I'm counting the original 5, which I completed. Now for this one, there's plenty more in the baggage to unpack such as a new character introduced so far, Yoshizawa Kasumi, who is a Persona user, but I haven't gotten that far into the game just yet on fully experiencing her not being forced to always go to sleep, and having time to go out at night and explore, plus have a few drinks or party as well with your teammates. More Japan's places are available for you to discover and use to increase your social stats, strengthening your confidants, selling your items, and perhaps even more I haven't discovered at the moment. Still, the number one thing that this game is teaching me is I surely lack in how I manage my time in any given day. Like, let's say I wanted to go hang out with Ryuji, but Makoto is about to be fully leveled up on her confidant but I need to be at a certain threshold to interact with her again. Then I think to myself, shouldn't I go to Memento so I can deal with all the requests people are asking of the young adults? That's what I named my team. But you get the picture. I procrastinate like nothing else only to second guess my decision afterward. It's fun how much the game makes you explore. Too much of Shibuya. Opportunities learning how socially, your teammates struggle with their daily lives outside of going to palaces. The same can be said for some of the adults you could spend time with. And it doesn't have to be strictly that. You could just focus on yourself and ignore these options wholeheartedly if you like pain. Gameplay is what you expect from a classic turn-based RPG. What persona you have will likely determine what the enemy is weak against. If you have fire in your arsenal and they're weak to it, obviously you'll know what has the most damage for attack. Vice versa too. If I have ice and my persona is weak to, let's say, curse, i get put in the stagger hit animation if the enemy uses it. Now in Royale, they added these willsies to palaces. There's three in each. Collecting all will yield you these powerful accessories for battles. Joker has a grapple that he can traverse through some newer areas inside these palaces which could contain an item hidden path, or the seeds. Gosh, it sounds like I'm reviewing the game, and I probably am. There's so much to do in the game, which is good. I feel like Royale is the standard of what I like in RPGs. Great characters, how the story is told, the number of tasks you do that will improve your levels, and the music that soothes the soul. Did I forget the soundtrack in Thieves' Den? Well, the music does bring a flair or mood that you won't stop bobbing your head to. The optional Thieves' Den is sort of like this reward room where you can view your in-game accomplishments. Play Tycoon, a card game that doesn't have any right to be addictive and fun, as the name sounds. Or buy decorations using the currency you earn by completing a list of objectives that you could then design the area with. To finish off, the game is great for those looking to get into an RPG for the first time. I'm enjoying my time, and I don't want my experience to end anytime soon. Actual news, Herman Holst, the chairman of PlayStation Worldwide Studios, has said Horizon, as I alluded to before in my previous episode, that it's looking to come out during the holiday, but due to the virus that is restricting performance capture, among other things, is hard to say right now. Here's the official statement. So we have, currently, two very big, very narrative-driven games in development, Horizon Forbidden West, and The Next God of War. And for both of those, they're frankly affected by access to performance capture and talent. For Horizon, we think we are on track to release this holiday season, but that isn't quite certain yet, and we're working as hard as we can to confirm it to you as soon as we can. After that, he confirmed God of War got delayed for next year too. E3 is right around the corner. What better way than talking about the schedules and predict what I want to see? Ubisoft and Gearbox are the first ones for June 12th. The pre-show is 1 p.m. Easter time. Ubisoft, I really don't care. They've shown no interest in changing to better their workplace structure and how they deal with the continual abuse employees are receiving, so I won't waste time on their shit. Hashtag hold Ubisoft accountable. I'm not sure what to expect out of Gearbox. Maybe Borderlands, I guess. June 13th, starting at 1 p.m. Easter time, Microsoft and Bethesda take the stage. I expect plenty of exclusives coming from Microsoft, After they bragged about acquiring multiple studios, Xbox Series X needs to convince me without Game Pass being a terrific factor of why I should purchase one. Though they're pretty hard to get now, all things considering. And Halo Infinite should show his face, which shouldn't be all that surprising. Bethesda, maybe 16 times the games. More info on Fallout 76, perhaps. Could Elder Scrolls 6 make an appearance? Following the day will have Square Enix at 12.15 Pacific Time. Final Fantasy 16 news for me. Even that rumored Final Fantasy game that is it's like to be the Souls game. I'm hoping that is real. They've shown what we can expect like Marvel's Avengers, Life is Strange True Colors, etc. And of course, PC Gaming Show. Nothing to say here. 2K Games June 14th. Sports in GTA V since it's become the next Skyrim. Capcom sometime on the 14th too. I'll go with a shocker. Mega Man Legends 3. The 15th. Bandai Namco and Nintendo. Tells of a rise I could see from Namco. Maybe a new Pac-Man game. Nintendo starts at 12 Eastern time. Smash DLC character announcement probably. Fucking Bayonetta 3, if it's actually alive. A teaser of Metroid Prime 4. Splatoon 3's gameplay look. And actually witness... Breath of the Wild 2 in action. I myself would like to see my boy Sora again in Smash. That's the current schedule so far. Finally, game releases for the week of June 7th. On June 8th, we have 8 games out coincidentally. Up to Bad is Backbone in the group. First on PC, eventually consoles will get their share. A point-and-click inspired noir detective game that has you take control of a raccoon. Get to the bottom, solve the case. Chivalry 2, excluding Switch. Knights are having a bit too much fun killing each other and slicing their heads off to be used as throwables. Do get out to claim the turf that's what Switch, your own. Edge of Eternity to PC and later consoles. An open world JRPG. Keep exploring and get stronger. Guilty Gear Survive. Consoles, PC. Get your anime crave in this amazing final game by Arxis. Neptunia Reverse. Only on PS5. I guess this is a remake of a remaster that is apparently in league with Skyrim, of how many re releases it's had? Anyway, more anime for your taste, but for RPGs, Fantasy Star Online 2 New Genesis, out specifically for Xbone and PC. This version compared to the original has a more open world with emergency events being actual world events for everyone. But Genre is an MMORPG that takes place 1000 years later, level up, farm, gain ingredients, and hang out with friends to customize the look of your avatars. Final Fantasy VII Remake integrated out for PS5 on June 10th. Updated visuals, better textures cause in some areas, it looks like it was from PlayStation 1 with nothing rendered fully. 4K resolution, 60 frames per second, performance mode, photo mode, the newly added episodes, of course you have to buy that separately, and reduced loading times. Ryu makes his grand return in Ninja Gaiden collection as a way to preserve these games history a hacking slash action games. All three. You can play up to multiple characters, it looks like. Many of the DLCs are in, including costumes. Show off sword wielding in a whole different way for all consoles available June 10th. Game Builder Garage. A game construction only for Switch. To make a simple summation, you can build your own levels similar to Super Mario Maker 2. Except this time, you can make a puzzle, or driving, or a space where nothing exists besides a floating apple that even the laws of physics go ah. Push the creative juices, leap further into a land of your own imagination. June 11th. Last but certainly not the last slumbacks is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart June 11th, the PS5 exclusive action adventure platformer that is a standalone story that takes place a few years after Into the Nexus. What is Dr. Nefarious' scheme? How will Ratchet and Clank reunite? And what is Rivet's role in the story? By the way, what her name means, thanks to Google, is a short middle pin or bolt for holding together two place in metal. middle, its headless and being beaten out or pressed down when in place. The excitement remains to enjoy a good old time with the duo. Of course going through different planets in an instant is pretty cool too. And that'll be it for this episode everyone, thank you for tuning in to relax and listen. As always, you stay safe, you be beautiful, and tune in next week, perhaps on Thursday, because E3 is right around this corner, and there will probably be tons of gaming news, including with Summer Games Fest, that I forgot to mention. But anyway, remember, just relax and live life. And I'll see you next week. Peace.